chain. So the bridge is. Yeah. In the middle, she has something else that she says that's different from the chorus and the verses. And the mm. music might change that part, but then they go back to the chorus. Mm. That part is called the bridge. But a refrain can be another part that's different from those three, but it can keep going. You know what I mean? So that's why it sounds like a refrain to me. Hmm. Does that make sense? I wish I can show you a song. Let me try and find a song with a well, refrain. Well, no, no, we don't want to get, if we eventually get monetized, we don't want to get demonetized. Oh. <laughs> what do you mean? We're going. What's up, everybody? Oh, snap. I'm sorry. <laughs> Welcome to, to Bola's music theory class. Okay. <laughs> Let me just make sure I have the definition right so nobody cancels me up in this piece. All right. So it's, um, you know, refrain, definition, music. You you talk with me. Yes. You are now listening. You are listening to Bola's music theory class. And we're about to go into blur talk with Bola and Whitney. Okay, so it says here, a refrain is a repeating line or verse used throughout a song, often with an accompanying melody particular to that line or verse. A refrain, refrains are used a few different ways in music. One of the most common examples is the use of a refrain, more commonly known as a chorus in pop music. And so I called it a refrain because it's repeated, but mm -hmm. it could be different from a chorus. Oh, so a chorus is a type of refrain? Yes, yes, yes. There Interesting. You go. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, a a chorus can be a refrain, but wait, sorry. A chorus is a refrain, but a refrain is not necessarily a chorus. Exactly. Interesting. So that's why I called that part a refrain because it's repeated, mm -hmm. but it's different from what's already been established. Mm -hmm. That was repeated as well. So mm -hmm. it's like, oh, you have a chorus, and then you have a refrain. I would just call it that as opposed to the bridge because the bridge is something that's different. Mm -hmm. It's like a, a breakdown in the song mm -hmm. and then you go back to the whatever the chorus poppy part of the songs mm -hmm. are. Exactly. Interesting. Mm -hmm. uh, and just in case you guys were wondering, we're talking about uh, Hezekiah Walker's God Favored Me. Yes. Because uh, Bola had not yes. heard it yet. And I was like, oh, this is unacceptable. I have Thank to play you. it for it because it is you. a fire I like song. the song. And I'm like, oh, I just, and it's Sunday too. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Anyway, but they, we were talking about music, y'all. Music refrain. <laughs> that's the kind of nerdy stuff we're about. So. Yeah, we're about all types of nerdum, you guys. Mm -hmm. But today we are talking about... The other black girl. Yeah, so instead of getting Halloween-y, let's get Halloween-ish. <laughs> and I didn't get all ghoul and goblin, and I was like, let's do an episode on something that's a little, like, you know, spooky, thriller-ish. Mm, you know? Suspense thriller-ish. Let's say suspense instead of spooky, because it's not really spooky, but it's like suspense thriller-ish. I mean, it's like the concept can be considered, like, disturbing, so yeah. I would say, you know, it's horror adjacent because Thank of that because it's kind of like get out type mm -hmm, of vibe mm -hmm, mm -hmm. but yeah so i agree it's like Thank horror you. adjacent yes and that and because alchemy of soul was too long i finished it already but whitney hadn't finished it so i was like because that was mine because that actually has some horror elements in it oh interesting with the with just the creepy parts mm. that it's really i think you would really really like the show so if we don't get to review it i really highly recommend it alchemy of soul is a korean drama it's a period piece, but it also has like these kind of, it has fantastical elements and it mm. powers and there's some, these kind of soul thingies that are like dead and then they turn to stone when you like stab them with the right knife thing. I don't know. It's, anyway, <laughs> it's creepy and cool at the same time. 
All right, but we decided to do the last month of the the last um days of this month, and I know everyone's like gearing up for Halloween stuff, and so you'll get this. Oh, I'm on probably Halloween. Little, yeah, yeah. So you'll be hearing <laughs> it on this is Halloween. This, this, this is Halloween. Halloween. Yes, if you celebrate that. All right. Um. <laughs> so we're gonna talk about a, a a series called The Other Black Girl. But before that, we you guys know what we're gonna be doing. We gonna be blurting out, y'all. Blurred out. Blurred out. Blurred out. Blurred out. We are back in in what's that? What's the word for it? Full form. Not full form. It's 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 something form. Fine form. It's like there's a turn of phrase. There's a turn of phrase. I thought it was full form. Back in full form. Back in the force. I'm just saying stuff now. I can't remember. It's that is gonna bother me back in something form sorry i am googling why don't you hold it down below while i'm googling because that's gonna bother me not when i put a grape in my mouth oh man <laughs> I'm joking, I'm joking. <laughs> all right so um i'm learning out about um what am i learning <laughs> out about hmm. all right well i'll learn out about this <laughs> i didn't think about one for blurred out this um this time oh yeah and now I remember. Um, so I went to a book, um, a book signing, an author talk. Me being the budding, like the hopeful writer that I will hopefully become. Amen in Jesus' name. But um, Amen. I love going to see authors that I like or talk. Be among them. I'm just like a fangirl for people that write, mm. especially black women. And then I particularly found um, a Nigerian black author who has this awesome book about black women in Europe and what they go through in the country of Sweden. Um, cause she's a Nigerian born and raised in Nigeria. And then she grew up also in the U S and then moved to Sweden. She's a traveling Oh, it's writer. her. Yeah. Lola. I couldn't, re- well, you know, I remember you describing her mm-hmm. books, but I didn't realize that was the person that you, okay, mm-hmm. cool. And so I got really, I know we talked about her last time cause she's, I'm just a fan of hers. Um, so I went to her book signing and her author chat last week at the book bar. I always shout out Crystal <laughs> at the book bar. I don't even know if she listens to this, but she should know how much I shout her out um, and support. But I, she has book two, and I was like super happy about it that I pre-ordered it, paid my tickets, paid for not ticket, but paid my my my. I just pre-ordered the book anyway, so I could go to the event. And I just loved it. And the only thing I didn't like was I didn't read the book in advance. And But then the the book didn't come out till after mm. the, that talk. So she just wanted to kick off her talk and her book tour mm. in Richmond. Because she actually mentions Richmond in the books um, for one oh, really? of the characters. Richmond, our city. Mm. Yeah. So, like, one of the main characters, her twin sister, lives in Richmond. and she. But then the main character ends up in Sweden where all the other ones are. Hmm. But she started off in like DC area. And then anyway, I don't want to get into the book, but the book is called, the first one is called, um, in every mirror, she's black. Hmm. And then the second one is called everything is not enough. And I'm telling you, I started it and I'm already like, Oh, I was reading another book, but then I just totally like, I'm, I'm reading this one. <laughs> I get the audiobook, and it was just fantastic. Like I haven't finished it yet. But already I'm like, oh, this is good. I just, I can't wait to get into this. You know what I mean? Mm. But I love that she signed it. She talked to us about the issues and how she she hopes that her books are changing things. Because when it comes to racism Mm -hmm. and stuff in Europe, she's like, the way she likened the situation is that 
if if in the 1960s America went through their real big change on race issues, mm. where people were fighting and dying, and you know all the Martin Luther Kings and the the people, all those people, mm. she's like Europe is kind of like in that phase. Mm. Is they're super behind on equality and like even just for women and and between women and men. That's like the issue that they can deal with. It's like they don't want to deal with everything. Mm-hmm. They only deal with one thing at a time. So mm-hmm. when it comes to racism, they're behind. And if you look at America, we still got a long way to go too. Mm-hmm. But if you imagine the difference where over there, they just, it's such a problem. Um, and the funny thing is, it's a problem they created because they decided to go out into the world inflict this upon us, racism upon everybody, and then claim how great they are. But then, okay, now that everybody got their their separate countries and stuff, and now they want to come to you, you have a problem with that, you know? So you don't want to be open and accepting of other people. Mm-hmm. You don't want to be seen and shown your problems, but you can talk about other countries, you know what I mean? And mm-hmm. so she talked about how in Sweden, they don't want, they don't tolerate any negative press at all. Like any kind of issue, they squash it, they, they don't, they're like, we're the best country ever, there's nothing wrong here. This is not a problem. And she's like, no, there's problems. Mm-hmm the people are dealing with it. Even their own people are repressed. Like they don't talk about their issues. That's they have, they have a high suicide rate as well because even they themselves don't talk about the issues and things they're suffering. Mm, Stepford wise type of thing. Yeah. So can you, you can imagine how people of color are suffering, mm. you know? And so she really lets this book shine a light. And then some people were like telling her like one of the most crazy, uh, I'll just mention this and I'll move on. But one of the most crazy things she mentioned was that a lot of refugees go to Sweden. They have refugee centers, even though they're surrounded like in beautiful atmosphere and beautiful places. And they're like, how could you be upset? This place is paradise. And it's like, just because you live, you put us here, but there's nothing for us to do here. Hmm. We don't have a life. We are secluded. We can't be part of the government and, or the, we can't be part of society like we need to be. Mm -hmm. So it's not perfect. It's not idyllic. It's not great. You know? They're not fully members of the society. They're not fully integrated, mm. you know? And so they're like, America, at least you can be an immigrant and get integrated in society. But it's like there, it's like, no. And that's why she came up with the title that everything's not enough because a person of color could be the, have all the check marks, be the best one in the room, the smartest one in the room. But for them, it wouldn't matter. Mm. Just because of your skin or where you're from or whatever language you speak, your every that all that list is not enough for them mm-hmm. and that's why she named the book that part and there's so many other things but she talked about how one person was like i don't we don't even have a refuge she's like i didn't even know we had refugee centers and i'm like where do you think the people of color are coming from like it's one of those like oh because the blinders are up and they don't see everything's rose colored in their world and this is a white person that came to her after mm-hmm. reading her book mm-hmm. in sweden and mind you the swedish government doesn't want her to tell the truth about these stories and things mm-hmm. and they refuse to publish her book in Swedish but the English version of her, of her books sell out all the time mm. so people are reading it they're just not reading it in English but they're suppressing it in their language because they don't want people to read it but in Sweden they speak English too so they have that kind of power yeah they won't like they, the they, publishing houses or like government <laughs> because they want her to take out the parts that make Sweden look unsavory. And mm. she refused because she's like, no, these are true things that have happened to people. Mm. I want people to see the story of how people color are suffering in here. These are the things that I found out from talking to them, from being one. Cause she is, um, she is a, a Nigerian immigrant to that place. She married a Swede, have her children are half Swedes, but half Swede children still have problems 
even though they're like, I'm Swedish. I grew up here. I speak Swedish. But they're still like not full citizens to them. And she's like, the society has to change because I have a future generation I'm, I'm, I'm building here. They're Swedish. Mm-hmm. I didn't raise them in America. I didn't raise them in Nigeria. Mm-hmm. I had them here with a white Swedish man. Mm-hmm. And she wants society to be equal for them. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? They want a better society for her kids. Mm-hmm. So she was seeing, and for the women and people from different countries that come there. Yeah. You know, and so the xenophobia and all that kind of stuff. And I told mm-hmm. her that, I was like, yeah, this is a fictional book. Even though it has uh, trimmings and things that from real people, mm-hmm. you know, changed up a little bit. It is a fictional book. It mm-hmm. is fictional. And it's not her story, but it's the story of many black women. Mm-hmm. And I told her, I, I had to thank her because I was like, you know what? Your books is not just for entertainment value. I really think your books have purpose. Mm-hmm. And I was like, you're amplifying the voices of these black women that are not seen, not heard throughout the whole world. Mm-hmm. And so I really hope they make her books into a series or something so people can see it. Mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure the Swedish government will be trying to fight that. But if it's made in America, nobody can say nothing. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so that's all I really want to blurt out. about. I just was really happy to get her book and meet her again. And I wish Lala the best in all she's doing. And there better be a book three. I'm just <laughs> 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 All right. So what are you blurting out about Whitney? Um, so not, well, no, I guess I could say that I'm actually blurting out about something. I did go see um, yesterday Five Nights at Freddy's. Mm-hmm. I'm not blurting out about it. I'm just talking about it because mm-hmm. it's not really what I would say blurred out worthy. Oh. It wasn't bad, but it wasn't great. Okay. So I was a little... I read an article after watching it. Um, apparently, it's based off of video game series because I was familiar with the title fight of Five Nights at Freddy's, but I've never played the game. It's only because I was trying to buy, um, I think it was actually an Ant-Man figurine for my friend Antonio, oh, cool. who I call Ant-Man for Christmas one year. And Amazon twice sent me the wrong um, Funko Pop thing. They sent oh. me a Five Nights at Freddy's figure. And I'm like, what the heck is Five Nights at Freddy's? So that's the only reason that I was even familiar mm-hmm. with the name of the um, IP. Because mm-hmm. I'm like, what even is this? Oh, so it's from a game. Yeah, it's a video game. Wow. And it's for it to get, like, not good reviews then. I mean, like, not, it was just underwhelming to you. That's kind of suck. from the article that I read, because like I said, I have never played the video game. I wasn't familiar with it at all. They're like, major fans of, like, the game might appreciate probably some Easter eggs, the article was saying. But they're like, people might be <laughs> disappointed by the lack of um, gore and stuff. And oh. I, I don't go just I don't go to a movie to see gore. I'm like, uh, I'm not like, oh, this one's really gory. Must go see it. But it's like the way though, that some of these people die. You're like, interesting lack of blood there. Oh. <laughs> it's, like, it's PG-13, but they really there. Is that why you didn't like it? It wasn't gory enough? No, that's not why I didn't like it. It just didn't. It just wasn't great. Like the storyline was not so the the, show, the whole thing was lackluster so like plot do you think it is or the story was it like lackluster? it didn't really hit me okay well because one of the things i was talking about this with a friend of mine um from work um reagan and i was just saying that it's kind of sad that you don't like horror Bologi, because it's interesting up. horror like movies and series they if it's really good it kind of hits you in a different way mm. I don't know if it's because, like, you know, because people are dying, there's a, that extra stakes where you're, like, more connected maybe to the characters. I don't know what it is. 
But I feel like the like any themes of like sacrifice or things like that just really hit me. And for that, for some reason, I don't know, maybe that's what it is. I just really love, I don't like seek it out all through the year, but I especially once like mid-September hit, I was on like my horror binge, but like really great horror. It just really kind of stays with you. And like, I feel like it stays in the bad way. That's why I avoid it. No, not for me. Like, if it's a really great one, like a really great storyline, it stays with you. I think of like Guillermo del Toro's The Orphanage. Like, mm-hmm. if you watch that, and that one's not really like a gory, it's like a ghost story type of one, mm-hmm. but it's got a really beautiful story. Right. Um, the Haunting of Hill House, I just finished last night rewatching all of that because it is the best Mike Flanagan um, horror Netflix series. It's still the top. Um, he just put out a new one this year called The Fall of the House of Usher, which is what I will actually oh, yeah, be people. blurting out about that. I'm be blurting out about The Haunting of Hill House and The Fall of the House of Usher. But just talking about Five Nights at Freddy's, nothing really hit you very well. I like the actor, um, the guy who played PETA in Hunger Games. Yeah, he's in there. I like him. He's a likable actor, but nothing is really. Probably, is that the one with the, the, he works in like a. He's a security guard so and the animatronic things. Yeah, it wasn't very good. It wasn't great. Mm. It wasn't bad. It just wasn't great. Yeah, it was just kind of. It was kind of okay. Yeah. But like, I mean, the uh, the article I was reading said that Jim, the Jim Henson Company made the um, the animatronic things, and they look great. Like mm. the making of the creatures is awesome. They look great, but the storyline, like. Especially when there's like ghost story storylines. If it's really good, I expect it to go deep on like what was the pain there that made them stay around or whatnot. Mm-hmm. And I guess that's why I really like it because like going into the storyline and like some type of like wrong or hurt being resolved, maybe that's why I like horror when it's done really well so much. But this didn't have that. It had like these like kids who were like ghosts and stuff. And I'm like, there's nothing that's really connecting mm. for me, story wise. I'm like, there's no great amount of empathy or any care. type of yeah. Yeah, and I don't know what it is that because you can not only find that in that issue with just this film, but mm-hmm. it's any genre really. Mm-hmm. You have to have like example when we review Black Adam. Mm-hmm. I was like, I really had a hard time. I was like, nothing was connecting me to this story. I don't mm-hmm. care how much CGI, and I love action films. Mm-hmm. Um, well, superhero films, because mm-hmm. I don't love all action <laughs> films. Cause some of them are just plotless explosion <laughs> bombs. But um, it was that was the same problem. Mm-hmm. I wanted to know what the deeper thing is here. And it's like, they got to it at the end of the series, but then I was like, it's too late. Because mm-hmm. I still don't care about these. I like I mean, the main characters died, and I was like, I don't care about. Yeah, this. helmet dude. When he yeah. like, it was supposed. You could tell from the way it was filmed yeah. or whatnot that it was supposed to be like a big moment. But it's like I don't it's really care with the story. about him. Right. It's so it's not hitting me. It's something with the story. So story know. or pacing or something for for Black Adam. I think you're right. Like maybe mm-hmm. story or pacing or both. Mm-hmm. But like yeah, Five Nights at Freddy's. Nothing really connected. So it was just like, it's okay. So it has to be a draw or a pull. Yeah, something yeah. that pulls you, that connects you, that makes you... F- deeper, I want to I feel yeah. something. Yeah. Like Guillermo del Toro's The Orphanage, I felt something. Had, did, I know that you're not a horror fan, but did you ever see Pan's Labyrinth? Yeah. I didn't find that as scary, but I don't, also it's don't not, remember But it. it's got some horror elements. Like, it's got, like, horror creatures. Yeah, the creatures. And, like, 
the da- the daughter, the main character, kind of dying at the end to protect her brother, maybe that's what like made it kind of beautiful, because it's like the sacrifice, sacrifice, My yeah. sacrifice. Sorry, <laughs> yeah, but stuff Creed. like that like touches me, mm. like. It resonates even after the film is over. Like, it stays with me because mm. something about it connected. It's like, so that was beautiful. She loved her brother so much that she wanted to protect him and this happened. And, like, the haunting of Hill House, just, like, the character of Nell. Oh, my God. Just watching the final episode. She dies well. She does. Okay. Yeah. Let's but she somebody. she's the only sibling that dies she's the first one that dies and that kind of brings the rest of the family together the dad also dies but like at the end the house doesn't get destroyed but like she saves her siblings and her mother went kind of crazy Mm -hmm. it's kind of hard to say the mother went crazy but because of the house there was a ghost in the house that was not good Mm -hmm. because not all of the ghosts were bad but there was a ghost in the house that was convincing her that reality was actually a dream so she's like, the only way that you can wake your children up is by killing them in the dream. So she was convincing her that, like, they're dreaming right now. She's like, are you going to let them go out into the world and be hurt? And she would show her, like, images of her children, like, of Nell dying, which she actually does. Like, it looked like it was a thing from the future. Because, like, the house did, like, a weird thing with space and time. Mm. And Nell was haunted by this ghost called the Bent Neck Lady. And it turns out it was her. Because she dies in Hill House and, like, falls off the thing and, like, gets hung. So she was the ghost that was haunting herself. Oh, weird. It is weird, but it was awesome. The way that it's done, like, the story, just brilliant. And the fact that, like, as her, like, siblings are about to die, because the house is, like, they call it, like, almost like a monster just eating. Mm. Constantly eating them. So it's, like, killing stuff and feeding off of people. Mm. And she's like, you need to go. And, like, her brother, her twin brother, she, like, saves all of her siblings because the ghost, the one that made her mother think that it was, like, reality was actually a dream, like, she touches each of their heads and they just kind of, like, pass out into this room and they're, like, they're about to die. But Nell, the one, the sister who died, she, like, wakes them up. And then the father sacrifices himself because he's like, I can't get into that room. And he finds his wife there because she died in the house. And he's like, I need you to open that door. And she's like, you're going to take them from me. Talking about her children. He's like, but they, they need to live. She's like, but they'll be harmed out in the world. He's like, but we have to let them live. Like, you can't protect them from being, you know, you can't protect them from everything that happens in the world. So I need you. She's like, but I'll be alone. And he's like, no, you won't. So he basically dies and stays with his wife and the daughter. And like at the end, you see the door closing and the three of them together. So it's kind of like, a kind of nice thing they're together and the mother actually killed this little girl because she was having a tea party with her youngest the twins Nell and the brother Luke and Luke had this friend that everybody thought was imaginary named Abigail because he was like yeah she lives in the woods but she lived the housekeepers had a daughter and they would keep her away from the from the world so everybody thought he had like a made-up friend but she was actually real and would just come and hang out with them and they knew something was wrong with the house. So they were like, no, you were never to go in that house. But she comes and sleeps over. And that's this night that the mother comes back and puts like rat poison in the teacups. Because she's trying to wake them all up. She thinks that reality is not reality. But the only one who drinks it is the housekeeper and uh, groundskeeper's daughter. So she dies in the house. Oh, wow. 
So the housekeeper and groundskeeper, they make a deal with the father. He's like, because he, he gets all of his kids out once he sees this stuff. And he's like, what are you doing? Mm. Gets his kids out, goes back to the house to try to get his wife. But his wife is already died because the ghost convinces her See, that this sounds like too close to home because i actually believe in these things happen to real people i mm-hmm. believe that mental illness is real but i also believe in spiritual uh influence issues yeah and that there's dark forces that do convince people to do bad things mm-hmm. like, so it's a little too close to reality for me and those are sp- like spiritual issues that mm-hmm. that's kind of why i don't like to watch those things because i was like no this is real but you're t- you're taking it just showing uh, an example you know, of like yeah. the story, there's more to it, of course. There is. But that's the reason why I don't like to get into it because I'm like, no, nah, this stuff is real. People are, I know y'all watching it, but I'm mm-hmm. like, this stuff actually happens to people. I know of her, I've heard of things. Mm-hmm. I believe there are spirits that stay with houses. Mm-hmm. I don't, yeah, all this stuff is real. People are like, sometimes don't pay attention to that stuff, but I'm like, no. This nope. stuff is real. I will not be going to any antique shops in New Orleans. Oh, no. Hell no. no. I'm not touching, I'm not touching nothing. nothing. Okay. But, like, it just, it sticks with you. Because you look at, like, Nell, and she's like, no. She died, and she was like, you know, they the siblings were estranged, and she's, like, telling all of them. She was like, there's nothing that you could have done for me. Because she had, I think there was legitimately some mental mm. health issues. But it's kind of. It's interesting to watch it because it's like, was this because of the house or was this already there? Because mm. the house traumatized them and like stuff that happened to them. You know, their mother went crazy, killed herself. But it's kind of like she didn't. Well, she did, but she didn't think that's mm. what she was doing mm. because of that ghost that convinced her that this is a dream. Right. So it's like crazy. this stuff is happening and she... Make sure she protects sorry, her siblings. He's giving the whole story of the whole y'all movie. Don't, yeah, sorry, y'all. Yeah. All of our stuff is spoiler full, not spoiler list. Mm-hmm. So that <laughs> what is the title for this? Uh, this is The right? Haunting of Hill House, and it is okay. brilliant. The Haunting of Hill House, and then what was the other blurred out? Um, so the other blurred out is actually The Fall of the House of Usher, Usher which is his newest Mike Flanagan. Um, is the same person yes same person he's got um his first thing for netflix was the haunting well first series was the haunting of hill house then the haunting of bly manor also brilliant more kind of gothic romance type of thing but brilliant again um midnight mass also really good midnight mass is just it just is so horror nerds and horror blurds (laughs) write this stuff down because i'm not gonna i'm not gonna watch it with you (laughs) right but whitney's learning out about it and it is the spooky time so but yeah y'all get these 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 titles get them y'all but like midnight mass is so existential i just like after watching that you're just sitting there just like dazed just thinking like oh my god um midnight club was i think his weakest one i i would not rewatch that one um and then the newest one is the fall of the house of usher which I thought was good. It's not like the top one. I wouldn't put it over. Um, I think I would order them probably. The Haunting of Hill House. The Haunting of. Ooh. Uh, it's hard to say between The Haunting of Bly Manor and Midnight Mass. Because Midnight Mass is very different. It's kind of a vampire story. But kind of. I don't know. It's just very existential. So it's very different. So it's hard to compare since they're kind of different things but those two may be very close to each other at the top after the haunting of hill house midnight club is way at the bottom um and then the fall of the house of usher i probably put behind like in the middle 
but it's good. I like the, um, he uses a lot of the same actors and actresses mm. and it's cool seeing them, but it's just, I thought it was a really solid, good, um, series. It's not at the same level as the haunting of Hill house or like midnight mass and blind manor, but it was just really solid. And I, I really enjoyed it, yeah. but like stuff like that. And, uh, another one that I just must really like his work. Before I Wake is a movie on Netflix that he was actually involved in. So it's kind of funny Before to go back. That sounds like a... Is it about dreams? Yeah. So the synopsis is this little boy is special. He's in the foster system because um, his mother died. And whatever he dreams, like, comes to reality. Like, it mm. comes into our world. Oh, interesting. But on the other the side, time. if he has a nightmare... Oh, no. Then that comes as well. It's creepy. Yeah. So he's, you know, it's not his fault because this is just an ability he's always had. But people get hurt when he does have a nightmare. And he has, like, he hides away, like, energy drinks in his room. To make sure he doesn't. To try to not fall asleep. Yeah. But it's just, it's another one of those where it's just about, like, sacrifice and love and loving someone. And I don't know. It's just... Stuff like that is just brilliant. I love it. It's the same reason why I love the the haunting, the Liam Neeson one, which the haunting of Hill House, the haunting, and apparently there was a 60s version of the haunting, but they're based off of a book. But anyway, it's just, I find something really compelling about great horror. It, the newest one, is also really good. It and It Chapter 2, excellent horror. Okay. So those are my horror recommendations you horror heads heads. if you (laughs) love this genre please go out and watch those because you've got uh no taglines blurty stamp of approval (laughs) me i just was like no i'm not i just i can't do it (laughs) Uh, it's not for everybody everybody got their cup of tea everybody got their cup of tea but i do like what we're going to be talking about next Mm. um our story our 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 show for our our main topic and it's the hulu series the other black girl. And so this is actually a book. Um, it's who's the author of this book. Um, the other black girl. Zakia yeah. Delilah, Delilah Harris. Harris. Yes. And I remember that I had this on my, I had bought the audio book and I had on my list of something to read because I had heard so many good things about it. Mm. And then I had, I watched cause I was so obsessed with Lola. Ackerstrom and her book with um the one I just talked I talked about in the blurred out section. Oh, okay. Um I was, and then Zakia actually had like a because uh, when I like something I like to go into mm-hmm. listen and find out more about yeah. it. What the authors are saying, what people are saying about it, talk to people about it. So she had like a, a virtual uh book club thing mm-hmm. where it was like an interview with her and then other people were like on as well. Mm-hmm. But Zakia was Zakia and her were the two books people were talking about. She was mostly talking about Lala's book, mm-hmm. um, In Every Mirror She's Black. Mm-hmm. So I, I was like, oh, people were talking about her book. Oh, she's the author of that. And I was like, oh, the other black girl. It's on my list. And I did not know what it was about still. I didn't mm-hmm. understand. I just knew that I had it on my list. And then I had heard some negative things like much later. Mm. And then I was like, okay. And I wasn't getting into the audio when I first wa- was listening to it. Mm-hmm. So I just kind of like took it off my list. Mm. And so actually Shaliqua, who's been a, a guest on our show uh, a couple months back, uh, we blurred out about her wedding the last time. <laughs> 
Um, and she was telling me, she's like, are you guys going to review the other black girl? And I was like, hmm. It was on my radar because I was like, I know there was a book. So I was like, maybe I'll just watch the series. And it's on Hulu. I have Hulu. And so I was like, no, we, I, so she recommended it as something we should review or at least she's like, if you guys review it, let me know about it. Mm -hmm. And so I was like, okay, I'm gonna watch it. So I just was looking for something to watch Mm -hmm. and I decided to watch the series and I was like, whoa, I was getting, I was, it was really interesting. So at first the draw, and I don't know if it's just the way the, the medium of how the books are set up are different from the medium, how a story comes to you. So the medium of TV Mm -hmm. is totally different. It could pull you in a different way. And I was just interested, creeped out, Mm -hmm. interested. And I just wanted to know like what is going on from the very beginning to this other series. Mm -hmm. I just wanted to each episode. I was like, what's going on? What is going on? There's something going on. There's something going on. (laughs) I have to know what's going on. It's creepy. Something's going on, you know? And so I really actually enjoyed that suspense. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I was on edge, but, um, I didn't think this, I don't, I wouldn't call this horror. I would call it more suspense, but it has a creepy factor to it. Yeah. I would say horror adjacent. Adjacent. Yeah, it could have gone like, away. The thought of it happening, just like, like the thought of what happened in Get Out. It's like, that is horrific. Yeah. Yeah. And I wanted to know more about what this, and I was just so interested in the story. Mm-hmm. Plus I liked that it was about women in the workplace, black women mm. in the workplace. Yeah. I just, I was so, I, I'm always attracted to the, black stories and stuff mm-hmm. so we blurred so <laughs> i'm always attracted about issues affecting black women mm-hmm. societal issues I mean, and so it's so interesting that the person decided to do this thing about like the workplace and microaggressions mm. and you know a black woman feeling like you're in the all-white space and you are the only black girl there mm-hmm. and what is it like to have another black girl with you and mm-hmm. all the different things about trying to be seen trying to move forward all the different things that you don't think we would deal with mm-hmm. plus this extra weirdness on the side of uh Something is happening in the office while she's there. Right. Something keeps kind of sending her messages and all that kind of and it was just like I was like, this is kinda of creepy. But I'm watching though. Mm. And then there were some episodes where I was like, oh my god, oh my god. you know, and I was like, I gotta keep watching. So I like that um I liked the suspenseful draw. I liked that it was a cliffhanger every episode, but that's mm-hmm. normal. It should be normal. But um I really enjoyed this series actually. I really, I really did. Too. I don't know. If the way they ended and everything, if there's going to be another series or if that's how the book ended, it definitely seems oh, very man. open. Oh, man. I, I thought that you did, like, end up finishing it. Dang the it. The book? Yeah, because I, I series, wanted to ask you. I never finished you. the book. Ah. I never finished the book. So ah. that's why I was like. Do you know um, if it's just one or more than one? No, there's only one. Okay. So that's why I'm wondering if they just took apart the book and then decided to do it slowly. Because... In the beginning, the main character... Um, Nella? Nella, which I love the name Nella. The main character, Nella, is the main... Um, she's a like an editorial assistant in this pu- white publishing house in, I think it's Chicago. Is it Chicago or New York? What kind of those big cities? It looks kind of like Chicago. I think it was Chicago. It, oh, it might have been New York. But anyway, a place where there's a metro and there's a city. <laughs> I feel like it's New York, but I'm not sure. But she's um, trying oh, to... Oh, you're right. Up. New York City Publishing That's firm. I thought. And the place is called Wagner. Um, it also has one of my favorite... Um, not favorite, but an actor I really like. Um, mm-hmm. I think his name is Daniel McCormick. And he used to play um, Will in Will and Grace. I love Actually, that Actually, this is Eric. Eric, sorry. Eric McCormick. Thank you. Eric McCormick plays... And then... Um, I think her name was Gracio uh, Bouvet or du- Duvet. 
she was like a really beautiful actress back in, in the 90s. She's still beautiful, but she was so popular back in the 90s. You saw her everywhere. I think it's Gracia Duve or Bouvet. Please don't come at me. I don't remember her name. But she was in it Garcia? as well. Garciella? Bouvet. That's what I thought. Garcelle Bouvet. Yeah. Garcelle, because I know she's like, her family's like French. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah she is gorgeous. Mm-hmm, she is. She, I mean, I remember she used to be on like all the black TV shows mm-hmm. back in the day. You, She was in your movie. Everyone wanted her in your film because mm-hmm. she was so beautiful. I remember she was on the Jamie Foxx show. She was the main interest that Jamie Foxx was always trying to get with because <laughs> she was beautiful. <laughs> anyway, but she's in it as one of the writers. And then, like, there's a black writer that used to be, she was the only black editor in that place years ago. And then after that, something tragically happened to her and no one knew what happened to her afterwards. And now Nella comes and she was the editor of Nella's favorite book. And no one knows what happened to that woman. And we yeah, see sorry, a scene. For clarification, yeah, um, Kendra Ray Phillips is the yes. one from like the 80s who yeah, was the only yeah. black editor this Wagner publishing firm has mm-hmm. ever and had. And then they went back to just having white men or, <laughs> or maybe a white woman, but mostly white people. They had like, the, two or three white women. Yeah, and then no one knows what happened to her after the fact. Mm-hmm. And I just thought, um, I'm not going to lie to you, at first, while the f- show was going, I thought that, oh yeah, the white people are going to be the main, what's the word I'm looking for? Antagonist? Yes. I thought, I'm not going to lie to you, I really thought like Mr. Wagner was going to be the main baddie. Thought it was going to be some get out type stuff. Yeah, I thought <laughs> he was going to be the main baddie and mm-hmm. the main reason why this weird stuff happened. Mm-hmm. So, um, weird stuff was happening in the office, but then it really shows up actually more so when the next black girl shows up in mm-hmm. the office. Her name was Hazel, mm-hmm. and she shows up, and this just, that's when stuff starts kicking off. You know, mm-hmm. uh, what do you want to say, Whitney? I like that it's um, I like that it started it, it like in media race, right? Right. Because it starts with Kendra Ray, like, being, like, the editor. And then you see her getting on, like, a subway. And, like, the lights keep flickering. And then she's on the subway. And she's, like, looking at these, like, only other three other people in the train compartment. And, like, the lights flicker. And all of a sudden, they're all looking at her. And the lights Mm -hmm. flicker. And then they're, like, getting closer to her. And the lights flicker. And they're just, like, right on her. I'm like, what is happening? Exactly. I mean, too. And I was like, what is this show? At first, I was like, do I need to stop watching this? But then I was like, no, I'm going to keep going. Because I want to know... That scene was so, like, I love that they started there Mm. with the back history of this person in the 80s. Mm -hmm. So that I was like, this is a great place to start. It it draws you in. You immediately have to be like, I have to keep watching. Yeah, because I was like, what happened to her? She was on the train, and then these people were like, and then the white people. And I I really thought it was going to be like when white people do bad things. Mm. Like a get-out situation. I really thought it was going to be like white people are the main antagonist. Mm. But to watch the whole show, and you see, like, who's really behind the creepy thing? And the funny thing is, what I like about this is that it, it's a gray area because it's like, even though something is creepy and not morally really correct is mm-hmm. happening, but it's like it's happening for a good reason. You can almost sympathize with why the main character, um, why the person who's behind this craziness, why she's doing what she's really doing. See, and I, it's kind of the, I mean, I understand the motivations, but I cannot empathize or sympathize because for me, it's like a similar thing. It's the reason I had such a problem with Wonder Woman 1984. It's like, no, (laughs) like the free will thing Mm. is just like an absolute non-starter for me. Like, this is not okay. Well, let me go back. Let me uh, rephrase what I'm saying. I can sympathize with 
the reasons why she wanted black women to yeah yeah of course advance and be better and be the top the means in which she's going about it straight up Thanos like, no. <laughs> right you yeah, can't be doing this kind of stuff that's a good way to that's a good comparison yes because I was like, like Thanos, Thanos like, idea makes sense he was but like I'm trying to save you no, but, but it's you're like, also trying to kill everyone right and so I, I, one of my favorite elements was in so with Nella Rose she has a white boyfriend and mm-hmm. her best friend is like a real straight up black black bliggity black straight up black chick and I love that her friend is like Soon as she meets Hazel, she's like, something's not right about her. Mm-hmm. I don't like her. And, I'm, and I, I like that whole thing that not every black girl has to like each other. We're not all friends. We're not all friendly. That's mm-hmm. fine. But she was off on Hazel from the big, from jump. Yeah. And then Hazel, had, I'm sorry, as much as I was like, this girl is really sweet and nice. But when Hazel had a chance to show herself, she did not, she, she really was shady. Yeah. Because she came at her. With that thing, and then reneged on her in the office, and I was like, "Why you do that, though? Yeah, something's then, wrong with you." And then the way she like gaslit her, right? She legitimately gaslit. She was right. like, well, "I don't know why you did it." Then it's like you were giving all the signals, like, "Go, go, go, yeah, go, so she go." She's like, "I'm gonna back you up," and then you were giving her like, "Go ahead, say this thing that may get you fired," you know. And she's like, "Dude, make a stand for yourself." And the Nella was like, "No, I really would like to preserve my job at the moment." And I'm just going to follow in line, even though she knows she was right. This author had this really stereotypical black character in the, in the book. And she was like, this is problematic and not good for the culture. Mm-hmm. You need to take it out. And she wanted to be honest. And it wasn't tolerated. Her boss was like, no. She's like, just don't say anything. Just let's keep it. All that unraveled. But the fact that Hazel was pushing her to say the thing and then she was supposed to back her up. And mm-hmm. she, then she didn't. And made her look really bad in front of everybody. And then afterwards, she made it look like, I don't know why you're mad at me for this. Right. And it's like, no, dude, you said, and you're like, I don't know why you picked that moment. Like, you set that moment up. Right. I would not, she would not have even thought about doing that if she hadn't, like, made the setup. I'm like, you right. are gaslighting her. Right, exactly. And with this series, it's, it really plays a lot on, like, what, well, I'm trying to get new friends. Like, I I really liked this series because, one, it was very entertaining. Mm-hmm. It was funny in places. Yeah. <laughs> and I just love the dynamic. I love the, the structure of the black women in the office and dealing with issues. And I can't remember, what, what what's her friend's name? Is it hey, Malika? Malika. Malika. Malika is her friend's Malika name. Malika is... Freaking awesome! She's the, she's the yeah. MVP. <laughs> she's the MVP. And again, another Nigerian actress. Ah, hey. okay. I was so happy. Um, <laughs> but I like the different touch points this show. Mm-hmm. Like, and they had the creepiness, but within the black community. Mm. So it was like it was like almost like a Stepford Wives thing. Yeah. For the, for, for the girl, for the black girls, and it was weird because okay, so essentially what happens, y'all? Spoiler alert. Essentially, essentially what happens is that the creepy thing is that. Hazel works for um, the main antagonist, I would call her. Mm-hmm. And her thing is that they try to recruit black women that are in places of power or places in business that can do more, mm-hmm. want to do more, but are not given the opportunity to do more. Mm-hmm. And for some reason, they put on this, they put this like magic hair grease that turns them into the corporate black girl. You know, like... Mm-hmm. Mind they, control stuff. Like mind control is inside the grease 
I love that. I love that it's hair grease, something that black women already use. Yes. And it's the hair grease that transforms your mind somehow so that you can be like the engineer, the the corporate high. Because then they're just like that moment when they were over there for like the little party and they were all moving at the same time. And it was like, oh. Oh my gosh. It was creepy like crazy. Yes. Creepy like crazy. I mean, I'm not going to lie. Hazel was acting weird from the very beginning. Especially that time she just appeared outside her house and she didn't, uh, Nella didn't know she was there, but she... It was all like, what's going on? Hazel, I don't trust and you. See, and that was, I like how gray the that mystery. moment was. Yes. Because she's like, she's there at the house and it's like, this is kind of creepy. But at the same time, it's like, it seems like she has good intentions exactly. with this. But this is creepy. And it's like, nah, it's creepy. Mm-hmm. But, you know, in your head, you're like, you don't want to misunderstand people. Because some people right. just don't have great boundaries or they don't exactly. know socially that this is not an acceptable thing. Oh, but they were setting it up really well to show that. Hazel is not always there for the great reasons, and there is reason to be wary of Hazel. Yeah, but it even was, though she was so sweet and kind, she was. And as a viewer, she like not as the character, because you know the character, like Malika was like, nah, she's not cool. Something's wrong with her. But like Hazel's like, no, nah, I think she's okay. And as the viewer, I'm looking like, I think maybe the thing at the beginning with like the not backing her up maybe that was like a misstep maybe mm-hmm. she's okay mm-hmm. but that's the thing it's just so insidious exactly what was going on was insidious and weird and i was like nella rose is the main character and it was like weird things was happening to her she'd be working late somebody would put a message in her back to leave wagner now mm-hmm. all this weird stuff somebody drops uh, my um, a manuscript, the old manuscript of her favorite book mm-hmm. that was edited by the only black author there that disappeared, that nobody knew what happened to her, mm-hmm. and it's essentially think you think that she committed suicide or something. Yeah, because like the boss, the guy Wagner, the mm-hmm. founder, he tells her he's like, oh no, we can't get, we can't have a remake of the book with uh, Diana and Kendra Ray because Kendra Ray's dead. Right, and the author of that book, Burning Heat, Burning Heart, um, was. Grassell Bouvet's character and her name was um, Diana. Diana Gordon. So Diana Gordon is the one behind everything. So I thought it was Wag. I thought it was Wagner, but Wagner was like, just—he's yeah. he's an a accomplice. Puppet. He's an accomplice, but he's just a puppet, really. She but just, he's just falling for the chocolate, and he don't know what to do with himself. <laughs> but it's also interesting because I'm like, how? I hope that they, they get into, into that, that in the, the second season because right. I'm like. How did you come upon just making this mind control, hive mind, hair grease? I mean, I know you probably had the means because Wagner was rich and you married him. But, like, how did you even stumble upon this? Like, what? Right. (laughs) And Kendra Ray was her best friend. Diana and Kendra Ray were best friends. Mm -hmm. Diana goes off to a a a PWI school, does well. I think it was Yale, actually. Actually, let me just say Ivy League. Maybe for people who don't know, like, just like the... PWI means predominantly white institution. There we go. Um, And so she goes, I think, but I would have to say, I think she went to Ivy League school. And Diana wanted to be an author. And so she just squazed on in there, but she managed to get McCormick, his character, um, Richard Wagner, to publish her book. But Mm -hmm. then he makes some changes, changes, some changes. (laughs) And Kendra's like, no, this is not correct. This is not right. And I don't know if Diana always had this hair grease the whole time. It seemed like she's had it from the beginning because they did show flashbacks of when they were younger. So there were two sets of actors for Diana and Kendra. But they did, but like she did her hair before they showed in some of the flashbacks. She ever put the grease in there. We didn't see her use the grease, but there was a scene where she was trying to put the grease 
but Kendra stopped it. Remember that yeah, scene? Yeah, but that seemed like it was later on. Like, when they were in their neighborhood, it seemed like... I can't remember if they used the grease or not, but I don't think she always... I don't know if she always... That's what I'm saying. I don't know where... I don't know where Diana got the grease because she does Kendra's hair, mm-hmm. but she couldn't suppress Kendra. So I know that Kendra didn't take the hair grease. Mm-hmm. But I think that night that she was... They had a falling out about her book mm-hmm. because she didn't want Wagner to change uh, her book and make it what they wanted to make. She was like, no, you have to fight for this ending. This is a black girl story. You have to do this. And she was like, no, stick with it. And they had a falling out about it a little bit. So she came to like appease her, but she came with the grease. But it was also interesting. I find, I found that situation to be a very interesting and nuanced situation. Cause it's like, if you're an author that's going to be published, not, not go indie publishing, like they're going to have you make some changes. Mm -hmm. And I don't think, that it's inherently wrong mm-hmm. to make changes. But if you don't believe in them, I think right. then that at that point. Exactly. So I don't think it was like so much a problem. Like if she believed like, okay, I think this is going to like, this is going to get the book out there and at least it's going to, cause it did, it did change people's lives. Mm-hmm. So for that reason, Diana's life. And I feel like she just wanted the success. She, she did black people to move forward. Yeah. I and at the same vision. time, it touched so many control. black women. Cause like right. Nella was influenced. Nella was influenced by Hazel the book. Was, like, so it did, so it did its job in that way. And if they had, if it didn't have like the kind of wider audience, it might not have reached as many people. So like, you know, like you hear about these other like directors or something, like they have to do the big ticket thing so they can do their passion project. Right. Right. And I felt like it was kind of like that. Like, I don't think it was inherently necessarily wrong if she, if it accomplished what she wanted. If she wanted the wider audience, the wider reach, then I think it was fine. But if she didn't believe in it in that way, I think it would have been wrong. So it's like, but I think you, it's very... You know the thing I think is wrong? I think it was the the moral, um, it was like this moral decision of... Well, the instance, the fact that Diana and Wagner were getting it on, that part to me was like, okay, so are you changing it because you're with him, mm. even though he's a married man? Or are you changing it because you just want to put your book out there? Was he married at that time? He's married, yeah. But he's married to her, though. He's not married to Diana. He has a wife. But I thought Diana's that the, I thought that the woman who... The, uh, um, the, the other lady, white woman? Yeah, the one no, who was in... A, um, uh, scandal. scandal. Now, I, she's just a worker, but she was the one that confirmed that he was having an affair with Diana. Which see, is why he's involved. I thought she was saying that he was married to Diana. No, no, he's not. He has a wife. Diana see, is the side chick that he loves. He just loves Diana. See, know? I was confused by that part. Cause I thought she was saying that that actually is his wife. No, they're not married. He has another wife that no, she's not important. Mm. He has a wife on paper, but he secretly loves and had this long standing affair with Diana. And so that's why it's like the color is really something's not right here. Mm. So that's why I was like, what is she really trying to do? But the problem I had with with what Diana's doing is this mind control. One, you could even see Hazel's scalp was bleeding at one point. Yeah. So I'm like this, there's something insidious about this hair grease Mm -hmm. that it turns them into, like you said, when they were at the party, because Hazel had like, Hazel has like, Hazel's almost like her, um, I want to say Reaper, but like, (laughs) she's like the, the, the collector or something, or she goes out there, the general, she goes out there, finds other black women to transform out of their blackness into something else so that it can become like higher. There's something also inherently wrong about making that statement too. Cause it's almost like you're like, well, they need to be toned down so that they can be higher. 
Mm-hmm. And they're like, well, we need to get our foot in the door, but we don't have to change ourselves to get our foot in the door. And I feel like that's what Kendra was saying the whole time. Mm-hmm. And I don't think Diana agrees with her. But also the mind, the, the, the hair grease thing is also just wild and crazy. <laughs> So trying to, because you, they showed the before and after pictures yeah. of all the women that were at that friends gathering and how they were all totally different chicks, different styles, different so talking. Because then they had like, like girlfriend. The, the voluntary and involuntary. Like yes. I'm like, if they, well, it's still messed up even if they chose it because like they still have like that hive mind type thing. They're right. all moving that at once. That hive thing is creepy. But like, even oh if like but especially like the involuntary ones like you have just like taken away someone's free will mm-hmm. and like they just and like kidnapping like and you turn them to not be themselves so it's like maybe they had all that all the stuff in them like i feel like nella and all the women they take they were already strong black women mm-hmm. that knew what they were about they mm-hmm. understood they were themselves but it was almost like oh if they stayed the way they were they were not going to reach their potential like mm. where they should be. And I was like, that has like a really bad, like that statement right there or that belief that's wrapped into why they need the grease, I guess mm. that right there is a problem to me. And that's where I was like, this is, that's why I was like, I'm not on her side. I understood what she was trying to do, but I was like, the means doesn't justify the ends. Like, and no. see, I don't know if it was necessarily that, I mean, they did all think change. She was trying, what do you think Diana was trying to do in why she started this hair grease thing? No, I think you're right about her motivations, but as far as the change, I think she, I think you're right about her idea of why they needed to change, like the way they looked. Mm-hmm. But I think and the active. big change was her connections, because I feel like she had some type of connections that she gave them, and mm-hmm. that's why they rose. Because I don't think just changing the hair and stuff was going to do that. Mm -hmm. But I think that's her personal thing that she put into it. But I don't think I'm like, yeah. And then she got jobs. And so it was like, it was also weird too. Cause I was like, how was she able to get all these women, these high powered jobs? I think because of her connection to Wagner. So I think Mm -hmm. it was a more of a network thing. I think the hair and makeover thing was a Diana thing. Like she believes that Mm -hmm. this, you have to look a certain way. Right. But I it don't was think also getting that. And then the good thing was like, she got black women into these places of power into these great fields and positions and careers. But at mm-hmm. the same time, because if you look at the girlfriend, Malika's girlfriend was one of the people that got transformed. But right. I think Hazel targeted her to get at Malika because Malika and her and Hazel were just not jamming. And Hazel had to show herself. She was like, don't F with me. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? <laughs> and she's like, I'm about to get my, my cap, my, my, my target. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Nella's my new target. And I get in my case so I can be done with everything. And Hazel's actual story was really sad, but it is so interesting. And I really felt for Hazel, actually, after seeing her backstory. You did have sympathy for her. But at the same time, it's like it makes it a little bit more wrong. It's almost like she's like in like in slave times, like the uh, like an overmaster, like the ones who would Mm -hmm. rat out the other ones, Mm because it's like you still have your mind about you and you're mm-hmm. doing this. So that makes it like the ones who were put the hair grease in, they didn't have a choice. Like you put some type of mind control hive mind thing yeah. on them. But she took the grease too though, but she took it willingly. She did. But you, but like with her conversations with Diana, you could tell that she still has some type of autonomy though. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So I wonder if the other chicks do too. I think it depends. Maybe I it's think like it's a, a, like a, not a total mind control, but like a mind switch or something. I think it depends on, you remember the paper, said voluntary or involuntary mm-hmm. so i think maybe for the voluntary ones 
maybe they still retain some amount. Yeah, maybe. But for the involuntary ones, because, like, the one who was trying to help um, Nella, who was trying to warn her, like, that definitely, I I don't think she retained, like, Mm -hmm. hardly anything, because she did not want that. She did a lot of bad stuff. Yeah, so there was a character that was actually trying to help Nella Mm -hmm. and let her know that, oh, Hazel is bad news. Mm -hmm. You need to get out. Her name is not Hazel. Her name is Eva. And actually, Hazel's not really her real name at all. It's it's just, we just know the character as Hazel, but... Mm -hmm. Hazel's not her real name. She changes her name every time she moves around mm-hmm. to get one of her targets, which is oh creepy. Um, but I like the story. I liked it. I thought it was interesting. Mm-hmm. But it was super creepy. So Hazel's not even her real name. So there was a, another chick who was actually trying to warn Nella the whole time. Mm-hmm. And then she was like secretly like trying to get at her, find her. They had a plan to meet, but then somehow Nella, uh, Hazel got wind of it and then they captured her. I don't even know where these people just rolled up on her and just snatched yeah, her. like a and black van. And, and then she had her locked up in her house. She had that girl locked up in her house. Like chained to like a radiator. Just, I was like, this is not correct. And then she's like, you should just let me do what I'm supposed to do. I was like, mm, Hazel, you bad. I was like, nah, I don't care how nice and sweet you, you pretend to be. You fake. You fake. <laughs> I was with Malika the whole time. And, and you Nella are was like, such no, a problem fine. because you know what's being done. And, Nella was and you're so doing it voluntary. It's right. not like you're under complete mind control. Right. And you're a volunteer. And what, what do you think about Nella's... Like, she was trying to be blind. Like, I feel like she was like, something's happening. But at the same time, she's like, I'm trying to preserve my job and move ahead. Mm -hmm. But then also, she wanted another black person in there who understood her. Mm -hmm. She wanted them to be close. She wanted them to be cool. They gelled when they met. Mm -hmm. You know? And I don't know why. I felt like Hazel wanted to be, genuinely wanted to be Nella's friend, even though Nella was the target. Mm -hmm. Some part of me was like... She I does. Think she wanted to be Nella's friend. Because you saw after, like, in the final episode, when mm-hmm. when uh, Nella's pretending that she took the hair grease, mm-hmm. and she has, like, the whole makeover, right. and she gets the office, and she's like, hey, girl. So now she's like, yeah, I've got stuff to do. Yeah. And you can see her face kind of drop. Right. Like, oh, yeah, okay. Mm-hmm. Like, she legitimately wanted this friendship badly. Right. And so I felt for Hazel, because then I saw that she wasn't the main perpetrator of this. It's Diana's doing and forcing her to do all these things i still would like to know more about diana's involvement in this and how she started this and I why she started. i really would like them to go if they do because the way they ended the series it has to be another one yeah i feel it's like hopefully to... hopefully they will do another one so the series end with nella uh, confronting everything she finally believes that her uh hazel is not what she says that she finally figures everything out mm-hmm. i love how they even got to the black dude that was woke the woke black dude yeah and they even got to him they put the grease on until i was like nah i was so <laughs> mad when that happened because i love when nello initially approached him that scene was funny and she was mm-hmm. pitching him on coming pitching to wagner on, to yeah, do his and book to- and he was like hell oh, no because no, you thought he was gonna say hell yeah he's like hell no, no. and i was like oh he's well he's gonna be yeah uh, he's trying to tell her he was harsh but he was trying to tell her no you need to get out of there and do something else and then all of a sudden you turn around and then he turned to a stepford a stepford man and you just like he's all changed and got the, the jacket and stuff he used to have like like the the urban style and then he turned into like the fitted you know camel colored long <laughs> i was like his hair was like nice cut i was like oh no i like they then put the grease on the guy too yes I was mad. you know what i just changed my mind a little bit about hazel because i thought i was like i was saying that she was worse because she has like the free will but i'm like in my mind this feels like a grooming type mm-hmm. of um what's that that thing where like this you um mm-hmm. the, the, the right beauty word. and the beast thing Oh, um, Stockholm Syndrome. Stockholm Syndrome. It, it's not quite Stockholm Syndrome, but this feels like a grooming thing. Like, mm-hmm. because 
she's so indoctrinated. It's like she believes that she has to, I guess, like do whatever she can to stay in the good graces of Diana. So I'm like, she's she is a victim herself because it's like this person took me out of my circumstances. So now it's like, okay, she's a different type of victim. It's almost like those people who get kidnapped Mm. and then like the kidnapper brings in like another like child and they keep they help to keep the other child there even when they could escape because it's like it's not their fault they've got indoctrinated Mm -hmm. where they believe that they have to stay there and then i mean she wanted out she was like nello was supposed to be her last target so she could be free to actually live a life where she could use her name like at least because she changed names every time she got one of those chicks Mm -hmm. so i was like okay and how is this okay my thing is the girls, I guess because the mind control grease, but they all like still stayed with Hazel, even though like, Hazel's not a real name. And it was that whole scene where they had the party and it was just like, it's, this is a creepy vibe. Yes. And they kept going to the bathroom. I'm like, why all of y'all need to follow me to the bathroom? <laughs> and Nella was snooping. She was trying to find what was really going on, that all this weird stuff's happening. And she didn't want to believe that Hazel was the person that Malika was trying to turn her out to be. But then even Malika got hurt. Like, Malika got yeah. like, run over. I was crazy. Because, and so now Hanela's faced with the decision at the end. She's like, I don't want anyone else in that I like to be hurt by this. Mm-hmm. So she was like, maybe I just need to leave. Maybe I just, and she could kind of embarrass herself at the big event that she was trying to fight for. Mm-hmm. Not knowing who the real person behind all of it was. The woman that she idolized so much. The one author of the book. So I just like that she made a decision once also Kendra came back and then she actually was alive, but she was also the one trying to get her to leave Mm -hmm. to tell her the truth. And I was just like, well, Kendra, you just gave up and just dropped off the grid and you didn't fight back and do anything. And I liked that Malika was like, you need to fight back Nella. And I I liked that she like picked herself up and she's like, you know what? They want me to have the grease. I'm going to act like I took the grease. Mm. And then she's like, we're going to take their whole operation down. And I was like, yo, that's the best <laughs> place to end the series. And there better be part two. Because I was like, now we got to see how she deconstructs their whole thing. Yeah. And while pretending to be on the inside. I mean, I really did not know it was going to go there. Yeah. But this show went there really quick. Now I got kidnapped. All this stuff was happening. <laughs> it was a lot. And I just thought it, it was, was crazy. Because so you're like... <laughs> It was crazy interesting. You're looking though. at it, yeah, because at the beginning you're like, is this in her head? Is she just like overanalyzing right. this stuff? And then you're like, no, this stuff is it's stuff real, is going that's what, down. That's what it it like, is not Kendra right. Kendra was facing too in the beginning. She's like Kendra was facing these issues. She was like, this something is happening while I'm in this office, and I still don't know why the lights are flickering and this creepy stuff is happening. That's too. it. I was, that's when you bring like, that because I was wondering about stuff? that too. I'm like the light flickering thing. I'm like are the lights actually flickering or is that a side effect of and the, like right. they're perceiving it that because I think it's that's a side a effect because exa- like the the subway car thing mm-hmm. I highly doubt that those like the other people on the train car were actually like you know mm-hmm. getting closer and closer I think it's like affecting a like a thing. like a hallucination mm-hmm. or delusion or something so maybe she did have some of the grease I don't know I don't know if the grease like totally subdues you or you have to keep taking it for it to take its effect. I don't know. We, we're not sure. I hope they can go into it some more. Yeah. But I really hope they do do a season two because as, it's a really good thriller. Um, are you ready for rating or you want to say anything more about it? Uh, I think we're, I think we're good. Right. Okay. So it has some great actors in it. Mm-hmm. It's very interesting topic about black women in the workplace and trying to advance. And I mean, it's, it's saying a lot. 
in just this little interesting little um very story. interesting way yeah saying a lot i like that about way. fiction like you can house these like really pertinent issues mm-hmm. in a more for some what are going to be for some people a more digestible way like exactly. it's hard it for them back to full circle to what i was saying about the fiction mm-hmm. for lala's book mm-hmm. having a higher purpose it's mm-hmm. fiction because they're like okay there's not really a can the, the, whatever the characters names are mm-hmm. they don't exist but their experiences are real mm-hmm. and so in this one these are experiences i mean the grease and stuff is just a heightened fantastical element Mm -hmm. to add to the book about, but it's really about these black women in the workplace and Mm -hmm. trying to advance their careers and the different things, the different worlds, Mm -hmm. you know, and like the connectedness and all these other issues and like whether or not you're going to have a moral fiber and be integrity, be someone with integrity Mm -hmm. and how you move about trying to climb up into positions of power mm. or influence. So I really think the fiction is a great vehicle for that. Yeah. Even what you were talking about with the horror stuff. Mm-hmm. It brings these elements up, the sacrifice, the, those things are the main points. Mm-hmm. And I understand that with horror genre, there's something there. I just can't watch it. But <laughs> I, I understand what it does for some people. Mm-hmm. Sometimes they need to see the gruesome things and in a more the, digestible fashion for them. Yeah. Less triggering way. Yes. For, for them. I can't <laughs> do it. But I, I really like this thriller, um, thriller series suspenseful. I think it's super interesting. Mm-hmm. I think it's very smart. And I'm, I'm now thinking I need to go back to the book. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I would rate this series. Um, I'm going to give it as eight glasses, solid series to me. Eight yeah. glasses. Nice. I was, um, at first I was leaning that way, but as I rethought it, I'm going to bump it up just a bit. I'm going to give it eight glasses and a monocle. Okay, that sounds good. I was thinking about that in my head. <laughs> because for me, if you get more than if you get more than seven, that means your your thing is solid. Mm-hmm. You have to be extra, well, more extra. Than, more than be, solid. Yeah, for me, that's for me. If you get an eight from me, that means this is a very good, this is something you very can watch good. Yeah, multiple yeah. times. You have to get nine and ten for something awesome. <laughs> but seven is like, okay, this is a basic. Um, seven for me. for me. That's my, oh, okay, my okay, okay. seven glasses is a basic. If you get more than seven, you're in a good standing. Yeah. That's for, for me, my rating. For me, seven means it's good. It's, mm-hmm. it's pretty good. Mm-hmm. Eight means it's very good. Yes. So very good. I give this, I still stand with the eight glasses. Yeah. Um, I definitely just want to see a part two so I can Same. see some more unfolding. But this is a very interesting series, you guys. If y'all are into just something suspense different. Thriller. Suspense thriller. With a little social, <laughs> so, social consciousness <laughs> um, bent. I definitely recommend The Other Black Girl. Yes. It's a very cool series. I like it. Very that, cool. Very sleek. All right. And if you enjoyed um, Get Out, it's got definitely got some elements. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There. I was really thinking about that when I was watching mm-hmm. it the whole time. <laughs> it's also short. It's only like 30 minutes. Like yeah, less. each episode, it's very digestible. Yeah, it's very... I did it in one night. Like, I literally watched the last episode as I was getting ready the next day in the morning. <laughs> and I was like, I'm done with the show. But I, it's digestible. I just kept watching it. Mm-hmm. I kept watching it. So it's a very good series. You got... What is the, the average for us? Eight glasses in a contact lens. 8.25. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> all right, y'all. So happy Halloween to all of you that are going to be safe. Don't eat too much candy. Please don't. And be <laughs> safe out there with all the spooky crazy because, you know, people still out here being crazy. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. So y'all be safe. Have a great one. And as always, blurt out. out. Bye. Thanks for listening to our podcast. Please subscribe to our show on whatever podcast listening app you use and share the show with other Blurred and non-Blurred family and friends. 
And if you like this episode, please subscribe to our email newsletter at blurtalkbw.ck.page and also rate and review our show on Apple Podcasts. Intro and outro music is Twilight by Caption. You can find them on SoundCloud, username Caption spelled C-A-P-S-H-U-N. Show notes by Bola Hansen, audio engineering by Whitney Booker. And don't forget to get social, you guys. You can email us at blurredtalkbw at gmail.com. And our social media handles on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok is at blurredtalkbw. And our YouTube channel is youtube.com slash at blurredtalkbw. And we've got our individual things going on, too. You can find the Triple F Queen on Instagram at triple f queen b as in boy and my youtube channel is youtube.com slash at triple f queen b and you can find me whitney at luminabi studios my company and the email address is wit at luminabi.com spelled w-h-i-t at l-u-m-e-n-a-b-i dot c-o-m and you can also find me on twitter at luminabi studios